0: The red pill, you stay in Wonderland and I show you how deep the rabbit
1: hole goes. Welcome to Awakening Rabbit Hi,
0: everybody, welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. Special guest today because every guest is special, but uh, Darcy, welcome. Hello, thanks. No problem. Uh, you Again, uh, like a couple episodes ago, um, I mean, we know each other kind of, but not 100%. It's not like everyone else where I know everyone about their life story. Like we've a friend through a friend. Yes. But I don't actually really know who Darcy is. So this is going to be interesting. Um, (laughs) You uh, are an engineer. Yes, I am. Which is crazy because apparently that's like one of the hardest things people could ever do uh, in school.
1: I mean, I, it was definitely difficult. I'm yeah. not gonna lie about that. But uh, I, I enjoyed it, and I got a job, and it worked out to me for me so far.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, was school really that difficult? People, I know. I went to Carlton, and like engineering, like it always seems like it's the most pristine thing you can do. You get the jacket or the ring, yep. or yep. they have like all these parties. Like it's almost <laughs> like I, I want to say cult, but.
1: It's not the it's, right it's, word, but I mean, I would say it's it's pretty culty. I went to Queens University in Kingston, and, and that's a,
0: for those of them not in Canada. Queens is like that's upper echelon.
1: It's it's yeah, pretty pretty prestigious, especially for engineering. Um, so I would say yes, it was difficult. Um, my degree actually took math and engineering, uh, so it's sort of equivalent to engineering physics, but with uh, the math side instead of the physics side. Um, So I did some some uh, theoretical math courses. Uh, Some of the courses I took were uh, in my fourth year were actually grad school courses, um, part of my degree. And uh, I think there was about 20 people who graduated from my discipline at Queen's. So it was
0: 20 people.
1: Yes. Of the 600 or so engineers that were at Queen's in my year.
0: So it can break you.
1: Yes. Uh, So (laughs) My year only started with 22. So I think only two people dropped out. But the year below me started with 60 and they graduated with about 20 as well. Wow. So a a lot of people kind of, it was a bit too much. So
0: before we get to learn about you... And how you got there in this story i want to dissect this a little bit because there's a lot of little pieces and from like my layman (laughs) cave-in brain who just likes to talk and be creative and like does not understand math okay or engineering or anything what what is an engineer because you people hear it all the time engineering and maybe i'm just the dumb one but what like what does it mean to be an engineer what do they i'm sure there's lots of different kinds of engineers for one yes but like what do they bring to society like society as a whole
1: so there's there's so many disciplines there's there's civil engineering which I'm I am now um, chemical engineering mechanical engineering like aerospace Um, so it, it touches on sort of everything that you could have in society so for me my particular job is is building roads and bridges so people can get from A to B in mostly Ontario um, but then sort of the chemical engineers, there's, there's two disciplines. So one could be more um, like your uh, water plants. Um, and then uh, there's mechanical engineering. So people could build cars. So they would be the ones who would design the different aspects of a car. Um, so it's, it, it's very uh, broad. So typically when I tell people I'm an engineer, they'll say, well, what kind? And then I get more into what I know.
0: Okay, so the way I'm kind of, like, conceptualizing it is, like, the engineer is basically, and this is a very general, broad sense, but the person who kind of decides and plans, like, the design of whatever discipline they are. So whether it's you design the roadways and make sure how it's all going to work, like, an aerospace engineer would, like, make the design and everything that's needed to essentially build the aircraft or the spaceship. Exactly. You're, like, the one who, like... This is how it, this is how it's supposed to work, and how it's gonna work. Yep. Yep. And then you for get sure. every like that's if am I?
1: I, I would say that yeah, that's very accurate. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: So but we depend on engineers a lot.
1: <laughs> I like to think so.
0: Okay, so why do you put roundabouts <laughs> in things first off? Because <laughs> oh my! I think that's everyone's number one pet peeve.
1: So uh, my my boss has this whole spiel about about roundabouts, and there's been tons of studies. Um, so if you go to Europe. When you're driving through an intersection, you're probably driving through a roundabout. Um, in North America, we have mostly co- conventional signalized intersections. So, your regular signals for cars, and then there's the pedestrian uh, walking man. Um, so, roundabouts are actually safer for vehicles um i can get into a whole technical thing but there's actually like less conflict points so there's less points in a roundabout where cars could collide with each other as well as could collide with a pedestrian so when you think about it mm-hmm. um as you're as you're a pedestrian you're crossing a roundabout you cross from one side to the middle of the the lanes in into a median and then wait again for it. To be safe to pass uh or to to continue to cross uh versus when you're at a conventional signalized intersection uh you have uh drivers are are worried about you know making a right hand turn on a red light because they're trying to beat the car but then there's there's pedestrians that they could hit versus mm. a roundabout forces you to slow down as you approach the intersection um and that's another big thing is is it does force you to slow down so uh if you have signalized uh, intersection on like a 60 kilometer per hour road uh people can zoom through that light versus a roundabout you have to slow down to the it's about 30 kilometers per hour through the roundabout so from a safety perspective they're much better
0: see oh there you go does not get people like it gives me anxiety when it's like like five different lanes, and you're like stuck in the middle, and you're like, "No, I gotta get over there," and you're trying to
1: <laughs> yeah go through. And I... I mean, luckily, we're we're starting small. So uh, in Ontario, you typically start with a single lane roundabout, so you only have one lane to worry about going through to introduce to municipality, and then uh, you might introduce a two lane roundabout for a busier intersection. And and we're just not used to them in Ontario yeah. or North America mostly, right? In in Europe, it, they're driven the way they're supposed to be because everyone learned how to drive in them. But in Ontario, there's very few municipalities that have roundabouts for you to practice on yeah, that's, your driving test. I guess that's true. Like, Europeans
0: yeah. are, like, inclined to just know what to... Like, that's been their whole... Like, the Arc de Tri- or Triomphe or whatever, like, there's, like... It seems like there's, like, 12 <laughs> different lanes. It's, it's but right, they're just, yeah. like, zipping in and out and you're, like, whoa, whoa I yeah. can't even, like, catch on. I mean,
1: I, I don't think I could drive through it or, it, I mean, it would be scary. What's What's the movie uh, Christmas Vacation where they're driving around and they're like, oh, Big Ben, Big Ben. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he just is stuck in the roundabout and can't get out. Yeah. I wouldn't want to drive through that either, but they're used to it. Yeah, and, so it's for
0: sale. I yeah. mean, that's the beauty of this podcast because I never would have thought about asking about roundabouts, but here we go. Yeah, yeah. And now everyone knows about roundabouts. Yes, yeah. Um, I want to touch on math later because that's super interesting i suck at math (laughs) like horribly yeah um but uh, keeping on the engineering thing so what is it about this the the school that makes it so hard um to get through is it like like why why does it have or stigma whether it's justified or not which it seems like it is but like why what, what makes it so hard and so that people like literally are stressed to the max about about engineering school.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can only talk about my experience at Queen's. Um, and I mean, I've only taken engineering as an undergrad, so I'm, I'm not sure about everyone else. Um, but uh, I think it's it's very technical based. So all the courses that I take are, are well, the ones that I took um, are very technical. You have to know sort of the theory behind the equations that you're using to solve uh, a, ma- a problem, uh, math or physics or could be anything computer engineering um so i know for me in my first year i think i took seven courses in my first semester of first year and seven or eight in my second semester of first year um so i know for a lot of people that that's a lot uh and it's it's very technical so i think uh i mean math and science isn't everyone's strong suit um but for engineers we do okay yeah, yeah. so
0: it like just there's a lot of like different is it hard problems or it's just a lot of work it it does
1: get difficult for sure um if you think about like did you take calculus in (laughs) in high school um (laughs) so calculus is is sort of like the the very basic form of 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 engineering, uh, the ones that I took, right? So like math and mechanical engineering and, and then there's physics. So I think it's, it's more, uh, the technical aspect of getting through those courses that is difficult for most people. So Mm -hmm. when you think about the hard courses in high school, it was more the sciences and the maths is, is typically what people think Mm -hmm. of as difficult courses. So it's that, and then you build upon those basic, um, sort of the basic knowledge that you learned in high school. So it definitely gets more difficult and more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so in physics in high school, you might've dealt with like one moving system in uh, engineering or like the courses I took, you end up dealing with multiple systems that work together and you know, your equations are based on what happened in like a previous uh, part, a previous part of the problem. So I think that's, that's probably why people equate it as being difficult mm-hmm. is, is cause it's definitely technical and, uh, they are difficult she
0: she just looked at me because she knew that was like whoosh, right <laughs> over my head, I'm like moving systems, yeah, okay, uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> so like
0: what do you like how are you trying to like what are the problems you're so explain like a moving system like take me through like a typical math oh, God. problem.
1: I'll, like, t- I'll try. Because you're so, not just solving for X,
0: right? Like, I can do that.
1: I mean, uh, a lot of the time you are, right? Oh. You're, you're trying to find the, I mean, it's not necessarily X, but some variable. Um, so you're trying to find, like, the the friction um, of, uh, you know, the wheels on a, a, a road. And that's, like, very basic. But And I can't think of any specific problems in university that mm-hmm. I had. But uh, I take, like, I took a... a like a kinematics and dynamics course, uh, so it's it's moving systems. So um, things like, did you take physics in high school? no so it I, like... if I, if I had math, <laughs> so basically physics is like yeah yeah the the moving parts of of something, so uh you would think of like cars cars have mm-hmm. like the wheels that move and right, and you know the axles and and there's there's friction that's caused by all those things on on the different parts that it's rubbing against, or even like uh 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 what is it called like I can't think of what it is. what it is It's been so long, but you know, like uh the air is is slowing you down. I was gonna
0: say like wind speed, like exactly. you have to like, do like is there like an equation for gravity or something? Oh yeah.
1: There's there's oh, my God. and like yeah. there's a constant on Earth and and there's different gravities for each of the planets. So moon's gravity is different than Earth's gravity. Yeah. So you and, have to
0: take all that. Yeah. And like Put it in, and you can't just use a calculator, can you? Um, no. You have to show uh, your work.
1: <laughs> you do have to show your work <laughs> to get the marks uh, to pass. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the courses that I really liked, because uh, I did um, uh, math and engineering, but in the mechanics option, so uh, half of my courses were mechanical engineering. Um, so we did like the kinematics and dynamics and we also did thermodynamics. So it's like the entropy and enthalpy. So like the the energy in and the energy out mm-hmm. of systems. Um, and a lot of it's dealing with like heat. Uh, so thermodynamics can progress into turbo machinery, which is like turbines on a on a airplane. And right. so so it it kind of starts very basic and at first and then it can definitely sort of snowball into these giant problems that you're trying to solve
0: which happened to me i was like i can do two plus two and then all of a sudden it was, it was <laughs> and out that's of control it. yeah um wow okay that's a that's a lot that's yeah fun. so
1: it's i mean those are my experiences but yeah
0: so what was what was it about engineering that made you th- like that did you always want to be an Like, did you, were you three years old being like, oh, I'm to be an engineer? <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. Um, when I was growing up, uh, when people asked me what I wanted to do, I said I wanted to go to Queens. Uh, that was it. That was it. Like, I'm, going it was, I'm going to Queens. I, I did really well in school. Uh, kept my marks up because, like, I knew you needed to have a good average. Mm-hmm. And then I was done with high school in grade 12. Like, definitely didn't want to stay back for a year. So then I just Googled a career with math and science uh and engineering was the first thing that came up. Wow. Yeah, so it it's uh so I applied I applied for chemical engineering actually at Queens and uh I applied for pure math at Waterloo and uh engineering here in Ottawa and got in at Queens and 100% that was my top yeah. choice. So that's how I got started.
0: Oh wow.
1: Yeah.
0: And be- I just I can't I find it fascinating how you know the I mean the differences in humans everywhere but like you know, you who's like, I like, lo- like, you see me like, love math.
1: I do, yes. Like, you're passionate
0: <laughs> about it the way you're talking about it. Like, you're smiling and laughing. You're like, oh, this, like, equation, like, moving I'm like, but like me, like, it gives me, like, such anxiety to even think about math, like, advanced math. Like, I I'll, like easy arithmetic's fine, but yeah. like, it's just like, I mean, doesn't comp- Doesn't the math doesn't add up in my head that people can actually enjoy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I is I it problem? Is it the
0: problem solving aspect of it? Is it?
1: I I think so. And and numbers, working with numbers, like I I love when the you know you plug numbers into your equation, you get an answer, and and it's logical, right? So so the equations that you use make sense to me, uh, and it gives you an answer that you're expecting, mm-hmm. and if you're If it's not what you expected, you probably did it wrong. But that's the part that I love—that it's it's logical, it's problem solving.
0: Do you have trouble with like you know creative writing, um, or like formulating arguments and essays or anything? Like you know what I mean? Like kind of like the opposite. Like the people who aren't good at math go into that type of stuff. Like the theoretical work. English was
1: definitely my least favorite subject in high school, and like you had to take English. Yeah, I still did well at it because I could. I understood sort of what. They're looking for in English. Yeah. And I was, you know, I could write an essay, I'm not good at it. And like, I'm definitely not a creative writer. Um, I do on the side have a blog. um, Mm -hmm. It's called Past Opportunities for those of you who are interested. Oh, we'll get to the plugs. Don't Um, you worry. So, I I mean, for that, it's it's more just like me writing about my experiences Mm -hmm. traveling. But, um, yeah, I mean, English was my least favorite subject, but I I write every day in my job. I write reports that are submitted to the public for public review, submitted to the ministry for environmental clearance for a project. So I still have to write every Mm -hmm. day, which is it's. There are a lot of engineering jobs where you have to write reports yeah. or, you know, um, lab But I think with all or... science,
0: is kind of like that, right? Like, exactly. I mean, scientists, after you do your research, you still have to type up your findings and exactly. and go through that whole process. Yes. But, uh, like, I'm just trying to see, like, and I mean, everyone's different. I understand that. But, like, you know, just you and I sitting here, like, if there's a difference in the way, like, the brain, like, truly works where, like, there's almost, like, an opposite. Like, you can only have one or the other. Like, yes you can't be good at like you can't be really good at math and also at could I'm just like wondering if like if I were like Darcy, can you sit down and I'm gonna give you three objects and I want you to write like a like a story uh and I'll give you fifteen minutes. Like would you be able to like formulate <laughs> like not. this like pretty good story? Like would you have trouble with that or would you like relish the opportunity, like just trying to understand how like the brain's Yeah, work.
1: I mean for I would say for like uh, creatively, writing is definitely not my strong suit. Uh, I'm more into the arts. So mm-hmm. I did like art in high school. Um, I'm into photography now. Uh, so like that side of the creative thing. But I, I have heard like math and, and art are very hand in hand or uh, yeah, uh, yeah, math yeah. and music. Um, there's sort of a lot of like logical things beside behind it, but uh, yeah, for creative writing, it's definitely not yeah. something that I'm passionate about or interested in. I love to read myself, but I I don't think I could ever yeah. write a short story or no, a novel.
0: Yeah, and you t- like that's a good point that uh, art and you know music are very. I mean, it's creative, but it also is very logic play. Like,
1: yes, based
0: yeah. um, like every note has, I guess of a, a, a numeric value it's not like what that is but like you know what that note like that note is supposed to make so there's a symmetry there I guess because I think I mean again generalizing a lot but like people with like you see it all the time like math prodigies or people with like autism you'll see videos like kid with autism like just like amazes people on the piano or Mm -hmm. something like it just kind of goes through this. Maybe it's the same part of the brain. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I'm
1: yeah, talking. I'm not sure about that. I know there's, <laughs> there's sort of, uh, there is a correlation between people who are good at math and people who are good at music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what that is. But uh, yeah, and that's there have been, I know a few people who, uh, they're either taking music courses or were doing like a dual degree in engineering and music. Really? Uh, yeah, so it, it does sort of, Go together.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Even dual majoring scares me. I
1: oh, don't... I could not imagine. Well, and engineering, right? Else. Like people yeah.
0: like all I ever heard and just going back to it, like everyone like talk about how hard engineering is. Yeah. That they're gonna go through another
1: to do something on top of that.
0: And like we I had people uh who had music degrees on uh a yeah. couple episodes yeah. ago yeah. and like their world's pretty intense too. Like all these For different sure. disciplines have to to try to combine them. I just, I don't know if I could.
1: (laughs) I I couldn't do it. I'm just like, I
0: just want to do my podcast and go to work. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So, uh, you know, you you graduated uh, and you ended up getting a job, obviously, as as you said at the beginning. Um, Take me through that little bit of that journey. So, I mean, I don't know too much about the engineering field, but it would seem to be like at least traditionally, it would be a male-dominated field. If I'm assuming absolutely, correctly, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even in uh, even in university, I think Queens had a 25 percent uh, uh, percentage of women who were in engineering, uh, which is very high. Yeah. For for. Uh, engineering at a university uh and so to put something in perspective i went to a curling event for municipal engineers of ontario Uh, so all people who work for municipalities and we were invited and uh, i was the only girl out of 40 people who were there wow and i mean i i'm used to it now right so (laughs) most of my courses were men and and at work um of the engineers that work for us i think there's me and and one other or maybe two. Um, and, uh, so yeah, definitely not many of us. Um, but no, it's, it was big, it was good. Uh, I'd done an internship when I was at university. Okay. So I took a year off and, and worked, um, as a mechanical engineer, I didn't like it. And it was just, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so when I went back for my fourth year, um, I thought about doing my master's, but I wasn't sure exactly like what, what, direction i wanted to go for the rest of my career so when i graduated i just applied to everything uh the, there's a queen's career, career website which mm-hmm. i think most u- universities have uh, and i just every day went through and and picked ones that i thought i could apply to and just kind of stumbled into my job mm-hmm. um luckily i got it and and i've been doing well and I love it uh which I feel really lucky having been able to to find something that I'm that passionate about mm-hmm. and I I didn't take civil engineering at school right um so that was that was really good for me but uh yes I definitely find uh there's a lot of a lot so of men around
0: you were I'm gonna I'm gonna do the math in my head <laughs> so you're what you're 23 24 yeah when you got your first engineering full-time job 23 23 so young darcy 23 ready to start the rest of her life gets her first full-time job at an engineering firm yep um and it's male dominated yes how i mean that's intimidating like that would be intimidating (laughs) for me as a male yeah uh to to go into this whole new thing with you know people who know everything and I'm just some young kid what do I know right like you see that all the time but I think it's a special case in a heavily dominated field with a young woman like that's yeah that's big how like how did you handle like that seems how did you handle that like that that, that seems like a lot so, to put on a young person um
1: yeah so i mean uh, I actually had started my job working from home. So I, I met with my boss every Friday and at like a McDonald's that was down the street, and we'd go over a couple reports that I was working on or technical documents that he wanted me to work on and to learn. Um, so I, I didn't really have uh, a big office to go okay. to and be intimidated by a lot of people. Uh, and the other thing uh, for me is that I work for a small company. So I. Uh, I don't have a lot of people that I compete against, right? So, so I mean, I don't know how um, competitive engineering is to, to work your way up, but mm-hmm. for working for a small company, I kind of got to touch everything. So everything that we work on in the company um, and then go from there. And, and I would say all my coworkers are, are very understanding um, and, and willing to mentor me, mm. which has been wonderful. Yeah. And that's, that is how I've learned everything that I've learned on the job. Um, so that it wasn't super intimidating at my job, okay. but there have uh, been instances where like, you know, things have come up and because I'm a woman, it, it's changed things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't want to get to that. Don't you? Really? <laughs> okay. I just, a, a thought like, it's interesting, um, because I face kind of like this same thing in the sense that like, I also started at a smaller place and you know was able to touch a little bit of everything and and learn and Mm -hmm. um had great people um I know some other people have similar experiences and I think that like that might be one of the the keys for young people and I I mean I don't I've never worked in government I don't know I have some friends in it and they're doing well and that's great but like starting off your career at this very basic level where you're allowed to have a lot of different experiences you're allowed to make a lot of mistakes. I don't know if you made mistakes. I made oh, mistakes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and have the opportunity to learn from other people who are willing to mentor. Mm-hmm. I think that's so key in, in building, you know, young leaders. Yeah. Um, grooming people for higher up jobs or like really taking your career off rather than working from some like super major corporation where sure, maybe you get a great paycheck. But like mm-hmm. your job's pretty one dimensional.
1: Yeah, and I've I've heard, uh, I mean, I only have my experience working as, you know, me uh, in my job. And I have heard typically if you work for one of those sort of mega engineering companies, you might only do one thing. So so you might only do noise studies or traffic studies uh, or write reports or proposals. But for me, I do all of that. Mm -hmm. So I have, you know, I was given a task to do a simple noise study and... Uh, sort of now I've become the acoustics engineer, uh, of course. Oh, mentoring noise. And it. Yeah, noise. I thought
0: uh, you noise. kept saying noise. Oh, <laughs> <I was> like,
1: <laughs> like yeah. Um So now I do that. And like I write environmental assessment reports, which is sort of our major, a major thing that we do. Um, public consultation. So like I wouldn't have had that opportunity or I wouldn't have the opportunity when I started so young to to do that Mm -hmm. um so it's that's been really good about working for now you get you give
0: like public consultations
1: uh so i don't give presentations um but we have uh, like public events uh so uh we have to consult with the public for the jobs that we do so when you're building a new road um or you know widening it changing the lane configuration yeah. those are all things that you have to consult with the public uh so we call them public information centers and i will go to those and i'll talk to members of the public about their uh issues that they have with the project or if they have new ideas for us mm-hmm. if they want something different then i go and i talk to them and
0: tell them to yeah. just comment on facebook like everybody yeah. Else. Yeah. i'm sure you can hear S- all that S- send
1: us a comment sheet online <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh, so many interesting things. Um, <laughs> I find it fascinating. Truly, yeah, I love it. Acoustics expert is that what you just classified yourself? I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't say expert, but oh, okay. working up to that. Yeah. Okay.
0: What? Like what? What is that? Because that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So, um, the sort of biggest example for me, what is if you're building a new road and uh, say the the road is is going behind a row of houses. So the cars are going to generate noise that the residents who live in those houses are going to hear, mm-hmm. and it you know it's a negative effect of the road. So yes, you're getting people to and from where they need to go, but then the people who are in their houses have to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's uh, different thresholds. Uh, so if it's a residence or if it's an office building um, with like you know offices that people are in during the day, uh, then you want to keep the noise level below a certain level. Uh, so we do assessments. Um, Um, And like I run the, you know, uh, through a noise program Um, and then it spits out sort of what the uh, noise level is. And then we would look at, well, would we uh, put up a noise barrier so that it Shield some of the noise from reaching the residents. So if they're sleeping at night or if they're working at home or in their backyard on a Saturday, enjoying a beer on their mm-hmm. patio.
0: Is that the big walls you see on the side? That's,
1: that's the big walls God, that you I'm see. My God, I'm figuring the, it yeah. all out here. Yeah, so that's that's the other thing I really like about my job is, is I drive every day. I see the impact of my job mm-hmm. every day. So... Okay. So those, you know, huge walls along the Queensway, yeah, uh, the Highway 417. Those yeah. are noise barriers to protect people from the noise of the uh, traffic. Yeah.
0: I thought it was for like uh, like cars getting in accidents and like flying off or something.
1: That's the the concrete barriers. That's they're they're much shorter. Yeah. That are on the side of the road. That's that's what those
0: um, are for. Do you do those too?
1: Uh, yeah, there's uh, standards for yeah. having those and and where you put them.
0: Um, okay, yeah, because now I just went on another <laughs> off branch as you said something, but back to like the main point here, uh, because I I want to get to like the grand finale. Well, it's not the finale of your career, but like the the super <laughs> interesting thing. So, okay. you know, uh, well, you know, you I think you already said it's so a spoiler. Uh, you're a partner at this firm. Yes. Um, and you are like you're under 30. I'm not going to point everyone out your age at this point, (laughs) but like, so you have quite a bit of power, I would assume. Um, Like what does being a partner mean of an engineering firm?
1: So it, it, it's different. Um, and there's like different levels. So, so basically being a partner is having ownership of the company. Um, Mm. so, uh, it's a, it's a corporation. So not like a, a partnership. So like, I'm not personally liable. Uh, but so yeah, I have ownership of the company. So, in my experience, I've been able to see the business side of the company, mm-hmm. not just the technical side. Uh, so making business decisions like hiring and firing, uh, um, sort of what we're going to pursue as a job. So typically we we only really go after things that we think we could win because uh, it's a lot of money to you know, propose mm-hmm. to make proposals and, and submit them. Um, so I get to see that. So like every Friday we have a call and, and we decide what we want to go after for jobs. Um, and then, yeah, seeing sort of like the money side of it. So um, billings and, and, you know, accounts receivable, accounts payable, what comes in, what comes out. Uh, so that's sort of the, the major yeah. bonus of, of being a partner is seeing the business aspect yeah. of
0: it. And when you see, I, I find like... Not, whether capitalism is right or wrong is not the <laughs> discussion I want to get into. But once you start seeing how that stuff works and you become involved in the human aspect of mm-hmm. running a business or the budget mm-hmm. or spending or all that uh, pitching, all that stuff, is when you really start to see how the world kind of works. So I'll give you an example of this. In my early, you know, late teens, early 20s, when I saw the... Um, if I would have saw the minimum wage was going to fourteen dollars, I would have been like, "This is incredible! I'm gonna get paid fourteen dollars! <gasps> Amazing!" Yep. Like, would have been so like so happy. Like, it's great. But now, once I've learned sort of how business operates, whether I put my personal opinion on the matter is an aside. I have to look at it from a professional lens as well. I'm like, "Yo, this isn't a good idea. This is actually gonna probably hurt more." Then it's going to actually help. Um, you know, so you know, you're gonna just gonna get taxed more. There's gonna be more uh, like everything else is gonna go up along with the wage. Yes. People are gonna lose jobs in in the lower sectors because yes. companies aren't gonna lose profits to pay more. No. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. And like it just it like takes this like kind of uh naiveness, um, this like jaded lens of how you see the world once you get into that. I agree. And you're like Well, again, putting your personal opinion of politics aside, it's like you look at a profession, you're like, ooh, yeah, that's not good, guys. Like, you're not going to, it's not going to work out in our favor, I don't think. Um,
1: And and the thing, I I mean, specifically talking about minimum wage is like, yes, everyone's going to be making more. But then things start costing more because you have to continue to pay your employees and your overhead and the cost of your business so like, the cost of your business has gone up so now the cost of, of doing things has gone up
0: exactly and yeah that's what you know young hearted awesome people who believe in this like utopian world it's like maybe one day we'll get there i don't know but like i think it's super important that young people try to get an understanding of how business works yes. and i wish more businesses i mean i i get some of it's confidential but Gave young people more of a investment into how the company actually runs and what yeah. they're looking for. Um, I think it would just work wonders on people, even outside of their own business, like politically and mm-hmm. just understanding like the yeah. tax situation or all that stuff. It's just like I just know, as you said, that was like that was like it was such an eye-opening experience for me, and it totally changed how I saw things. yeah. Yes. From from especially like a economic.
1: Exactly, and and I would say, uh, I mean, I'm I'm more invested in the company because it means more to me, Mm -hmm. Um, and I get to see what happens when you know you you know you fire or you hire somebody, and now you have to spend time training. So what I could have done in say three hours takes them six hours, and I still spend an hour reviewing their work. So so when you hire somebody, it takes a lot to train them, and Mm I I do know, I mean, we have had a couple people who have taken a job with us with the expectation of not being there for a long time. And that, and that hurts, um, yeah. hurts us financially. Right. Cause mm-hmm. we're, we're investing our time and money in, into somebody who we hope is going to be there in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, you know, that business side of things and to one person, it might be, well, then they've had a job for four months, but then to the business, it means something different. So yeah. that has opened my eyes, yeah. to, you know, trying to take a job for something.
0: It's, uh, yeah, I, I Affects you personally because exactly. then you understand the again the economic impact of it but sure. it's such a it's such a dance right now with <laughs> the economy and employers yeah. and employees because there's a lot of people like there's a lot of people looking for jobs and yes. there are actually a lot of jobs depending what you want to do where you want to work
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's it's the dance of like not every company is loyal to their employees
1: that's true
0: um, some definitely are good some are not um, so from an employee perspective, it's like this company doesn't care about me anyway. Yeah. Um, You know, so I don't, I don't care if I work this job for three weeks and then I quit for yeah. another better job. Yeah. So I, I get that part. And that's why I'm such a big believer in companies being like, if you take care of your employees, like they'll take care of your business.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's
0: super important. And I don't think enough worry about it because they're so worried about the bottom line. Yeah. And I, And I get that part too. Yeah. But I think, investing in your employees their their well-being their their happiness their their investment in the company like if they're invested in the company like you just said like you're going to care a lot more about your work exactly.
1: and yeah for sure
0: or you're going to go above and beyond as opposed to people who just hate their life mm-hmm. that are just like doing the bare minimum not to get fired and then they're they leave they yeah. take shortcuts exactly. um like that that's a huge economic impact on itself right yeah. it's, Instead of generating revenue, everyone's just worried about cost-cutting.
1: Exactly. I think I think for smaller companies, uh, you get more of a—you're uh, you, more personal um, versus yeah. working for a big company. You might just be a number because, you know, you're just there to crank out reports. Uh, but for a smaller company, I think in, in anything, whether it's engineering or like a small business mm-hmm. owner or like, you know, a, a family restaurant, it, it means more to have the people uh, work and and. Be hard workers.
0: Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's. I, I preach this to anyone who listens. And not a lot of people listen so far. <laughs> right? Because I'm young. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. You know. I, I don't understand how business works. And a lot of the extent that's somewhere. true. You know. I don't understand fully how the business works. But I do know. You know. That. What I feel. And you know. Talking to other people. It's like especially millennials like they get the uh, the rap or whatever but they want value in their work yes um they want to feel appreciated Mm -hmm. they they want some sort of justification in in what they're doing Mm -hmm. um, and that it has some sort of meaning whether that's a charitable or helping people or whatever it is but that's what they want they don't want to just be a number and push out a excel spreadsheet every day and then leave
1: and and when you think about it most people spend eight to ten hours a day at their job yeah so you you want to go in and feel appreciated and and feel like you're doing something and making a difference at the company uh wherever you're working so i think that probably has a lot to do with it is Mm -hmm. you're spending so much time there you should enjoy it
0: yeah yeah like that's why i'm glad like a person like you you went and you found passion and you love what you do and that's yeah. great. And I, I know there's all, sometimes there's bullshit that comes and that's what <laughs> I with every job. Exactly. Like you still have the stuff you don't like, Yeah. but you know, similar thing. Like I don't think of it, I, I know it's work, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like Oh, exactly. you need me to work 14 hours today. Like, yeah. Oh, like that's cool. Like,
1: yeah. Or it's- I mean, for me, it'll be, you know, I've, I've done a, a study, like a noise study and, and I've done something wrong or it, something needs to change. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well like I'll go fix that versus, oh, like instead of, you know, huffing and puffing about mm-hmm. it, I don't mind making that change. And I'm like, I'm at work. This is, this is a learning opportunity for yeah. me and this is something that I need to know. So I'll go back and, and finish it up.
0: Yeah. It's definitely more sp- stimulating yes. and I don't know. I think it affects, well, yeah, like you said, it, it. you're there so long, like that you're there more than you with your your boyfriend girlfriend spouse exactly uh family whoever your own home your own bed Mm -hmm. that um not being happy at work and and not doing things to your full potential like you truly like it just affects everything else
1: yeah and for me i i work a lot of overtime because there's a lot of things that just they need to get done yeah and while yes it sucks that i have to give up some evenings or, or weekends or a couple hours here or there uh it doesn't it doesn't feel like a burden you know i, I don't dread it I, mm-hmm. I mean i'm not excited about working on a weekend but i'm like you know what it needs to get done and i don't mind doing it so mm-hmm. i had done a couple hours over christmas break but it, it wasn't the end of the world for me to do a couple things that made my life easier mm-hmm. during the week
0: yeah i think you need to find like a balance like a good yes. uh That's like hard. i know from following you like you know like you 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 go to the gym, which yes. I mean I've talked about numerous amount of times. It's yeah. super important
1: oh, for sure,
0: just to keep your your brain active and yeah. going.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you know that helps also with you know the stress of work because yeah. you're like not ah, like it whatever like you yeah. as long as, and keeping that so it's like you say you have to do something at nine o'clock and like that's when you're gonna work so like you have from five to nine go to the gym eat a good meal yeah maybe watch do something you like to do or something and yeah. just like keep that balance Exactly, and it's it's delicate but like i think it's super important
1: and and for for my job uh you know there's or any job there's lulls and there's highs and you know sometimes i will just work my regular work week and then there's sometimes i'll have worked you know 20 30 hours extra that week Mm -hmm. just because there's so much that needed to get done so i mean it depends on what's going on and what's due and Mm -hmm. what needs to get done. But I remember there was one day I was emailing back and forth with my boss at 1130 one night before a big meeting because something needed to get changed. Something needed to get done. And I was working all day, but it was appreciated and, and I didn't mind doing it because it was something that I enjoyed doing and I needed to get it done. So
0: that's a, I read an article yesterday I posted. um, It was basically saying uh, why millennials are the burnt out generation mm-hmm. when i saw it i was like oh, my
1: God. oh i i saw it yeah but i, I, I think rolled my eyes it. i was like
0: okay like let's chill <laughs> like let's chill everybody but then so i i read it i, I like to learn about what other people mm-hmm. think but it kind of brought up that point so i like i know we're talking and it's all hunky-dory like we're like yeah we don't mind working overtime and that's fine um and that's the way business is going for sure but like that's that was the argument of the the person's essay they wrote in the article mm-hmm. was like you know millennials are yeah they're emailing while they're in bed at at you know eleven thirty and not being you know compensated for mm-hmm. it, and like it's just kind of expected because the task needs to get done mm-hmm. um and whatever that reasoning is admit there's the volume of work, the staffing shortage, whatever, but like that's what makes people meant like that's what they meant by burnt out right that you're like, always on. Exactly. We we have these phones. Yeah. Um work never goes too far away and people yeah. can contact you. Yeah. And that's what like older generations really don't understand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The and especially as young people who are trying to establish themselves in their career, like yeah. you know, you, you have ambition, you mm-hmm. you want to be something. So obviously whether people are like you don't have to answer an email that later night, you're going to anyway because you want to show that you're eager, you care, you want yeah. to set yourself apart from everybody else. Yeah. And whether that's a pressure that the business puts on or a pressure that you put on yourself, it's still kind of, the more people do it, the more it becomes expected. expected. Yeah, That is just, like, that needs to get done. Exactly. When in reality, if a project is, like, keeping people that long at the office,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, technically, like, you should hire more people. Yeah. Not just specific to <laughs> no, you no, or your I business, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. That happens all the time, like gamers, like people who are developing a game, put in like 24 hours and sleep at the office. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like I'm o- I always have my phone and there's always email or yeah. social media that can get me, yeah. Um, but sure. for work, like it's uh, it that's what they meant by burnt up because we can never really turn it turn off. Turn it
1: off, yeah, exactly. I, I went on vacation in September, October, and I check my work emails every day, mm-hmm. and i, I, I I, th- I also feel a little bit of an obligation as a partner that if something came up, fair. I'm available. Yeah, And it's not, you know, I'm not on my, e- my phone the whole time. I'll have, you know, one day I spent, I think, two hours in the hostel just kind of going through things I mm-hmm. needed to get done. Um, and it wasn't every day that it was that long, but it was, you know, something I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. And it was, I'm in bed anyway, so. Yeah.
0: That's the thing about vacations too, right? Like it's like before you go, you're trying to get everything done. And then yeah. when you come back, it's like a mountain mm-hmm. of like emails and all these things. Yeah, so like you're I, like,
1: I definitely put in the same hours that I'm gone before I leave yeah, exactly. and when I come back I'm trying to so get like, things done. It's almost
0: like that's not it's not worth it to take vacations <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And
1: Especially the longer vacations. If yeah. you're gone for like a day or two, it can it's oh, something yeah. that can wait. But when it's like a week or two, it starts to get a little a little too much to get yeah. ready to go and people are and checking then...
0: emails while exactly. they're there like you cannot turn it off and i don't know yeah. what the fix is if we're just going to accept it and it's going to be that way for the rest
1: yeah I'm um
0: sure. because it's true like businesses you know now coming at it from an employee standpoint point of view like i'm not compensated for any of that time right yeah I'm like i'm like i am not and my job yeah. i am not my job yeah yeah and that that took me a long time to understand. Right. That, the first thing I always identify as is my job. Is
1: your job. in yeah. my dating
0: profiles on social yep. media, yep. on all that. I am a promotions person in radio. That, I, that was my I job. I
1: read uh, an article. It was about traveling. Um, and I think it was like one of those lists of what we do as North Americans when we travel. And one of them was a lot of places don't ask you what you do. Versus when we meet somebody new, you, you get their name and then well what do you do yeah what's your job you know well what are you in school for there's a lot of pl- you get to know the person before you get to know their job in other sort of cultures point. and places yeah yeah that's a really good point. so for sure I think as North Americans we definitely identify as our job and then the rest of our life yeah so it's it's hard to distance yourself yeah. from from your work uh, I agree yeah, that's crazy yeah
0: um now after another good tangent there um <laughs> So you are, you know, you're under thirty. You're you're a woman. You're now a partner. Um, how many other women partners are there?
1: There, there's one other. Okay, how many of, partners uh, are in total? Oh well, there's different levels too. So there's okay. like seniors, which you know own more of the company. There's there's three juniors who we were all made partner around the same time, like me and me and two others. Mm-hmm. And then we just uh, um, made a couple of newer people partners so sort of own less mm-hmm. of the, the company um so i think of the i think about eight or nine of us there's there's two okay yeah. wow
0: Sell. So. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean that's what's like the respect f- I know you said you like your coworkers and stuff but like as now a female engineer you probably I don't know do you go to conferences and stuff like that
1: I do yep yep
0: so you know I'm the partner at so and so and they're like what
1: like is that I, is it I shocking I do get that a lot cuz I also look really young so I get a lot that that people think I'm like under 20 mm-hmm. and I'm I'm almost I'm approaching 30 mm-hmm. right so people First of all, at conferences, assume I'm a student. <laughs> Where do you go? And yeah. then I say, actually, like, I'm working and I'm a partner at blah, blah, blah. Uh, so then that... that It, it, it more interests them about than what I do. And mm-hmm. it doesn't... It, at the conferences that I've been to, it, it hasn't so much changed that. Um, people's perspective of, of me, because uh, I'm an engineer and, and that's already been established. Mm-hmm. Um, which has telling people I'm an engineer definitely does change their perception of me or um, what they think of me, which is hard to deal with. Um, I mean, it's in a good way, but it's it's different than I think what it should be. But uh, yeah, I, I think I, I haven't had to deal with too much, um, too many people who are saying like oh that's surprising that you're a partner at a firm. It's more oh like that that's really cool. Or, like mm-hmm. congratulations.
0: Do you have to conduct yourself in like a very calculated no. and measured way at all?
1: So I do find that I change my voice when I'm trying to teach somebody something at work, uh, or telling somebody else to do something. So I'm a, a supervisor for somebody mm-hmm. and, and like a, a partner. So there are some things that come up that like, I, it's, it's up to me to tell somebody to do something and I lower my voice. It's, and I, I've read studies that women who are in a male dominated field mm-hmm. lower their voice to seem, uh, sort of higher I guess I'm not sure exactly what the word is like but
0: m- more like, more, man- more like a man
1: yes yeah so we, like we change our voices um, uh, with emails too there's uh, uh, they've done studies and stuff about uh, when you send an email as a man versus a woman y- you say things differently so you, as a man they, they've found uh, you'll just tell someone to do something mm-hmm. versus a woman's more inclined to ask you to do something. So that's something that I've had to work on, right? So instead of saying like can you do this report, it's do this report. Okay. You need to get this done. And and it's such a such a small thing that mm-hmm. like you typically wouldn't think of, but I have come it, like it's it's happened at my job where like I've asked somebody to do something and then they didn't do it because they thought that they didn't have to do it.
0: Does oh, that make sense? Okay.
1: So so it, Telling someone to do something is better um, and something that I'm definitely working on myself. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Because right now, the three people that I report to are all women. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've never consciously found a difference in being managed by a woman and by a man.
1: So, and I, I don't know about radio, but I think for me, for engineering, most supervisors and most senior people are men yeah when we put together proposals we have headshots of of the people in the proposal and especially for the technical aspects of the proposal that we're submitting on they're men they're Mm -hmm. senior men um you don't find very many women in a proposal for my job Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's actually something that like we work on i'm in a lot of proposals because you can have a picture of me as a woman yeah Um, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's good that it's something that's changing, and uh, it's—you know—people are more aware of the fact that we, are, as as women, aren't given the opportunities or haven't been given those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's—it's definitely something I see, and especially with the older generation, where ninety percent of the people who are those senior technical people are men. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure about radio what media. But yeah. I mean you
0: look at it it was always a traditionally male dominated right. uh field yeah. um you know through the 60s and 70s all the you know whether you look on TV or radio it was men mm-hmm. um I think through the 80s and 90s and 2000s it it started to get better so females were coming in mm-hmm. but there were there were co-hosts right they they were co-anchors right it was always a man and a woman yes. and they were not the lead right. it would always start with the man and they would mm-hmm. go to the women for the the opinion or mm-hmm. or commentary or to play off of it right like that's how it's always been structured i think and and i mean i don't know i'm not a woman in broadcasting and and i i ask you know some of the ones i i've talked to like what's it like do you mm-hmm. find anything different mm-hmm. and so far it seems like most find that it it's okay they don't See a, a whole lot mm-hmm. of it, but I know um, I've heard some managers uh, talk about how speaking to senior managers or whatever, mm-hmm. like pitching an idea and stuff, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, kind of like let the men talk type thing. Right, right. Like, um, oh, I I, I have
1: actually had that once. Uh, it was a, not that exact quote. No, but like <laughs> oh, um, I was, I'm the assistant project manager on like the biggest job that we currently have, mm-hmm. uh, and and I was talking to one of my coworkers, and he was deferring to the guy I was sitting beside, who didn't know anything about the job. So I would say something which was right and what needed to be done, and he, he would ask the guy who was sitting beside me. Who didn't know about the job? Mm. So it it and so it doesn't happen often, but there have been some instances where people. Uh, well, why am I talking? Yeah. You know, wh- how do I know that? Why would I know that? Uh, you know?
0: Uh, that brings me to. Uh, so I went uh, to get um, my girlfriend was getting an E test. Okay. Um, and she was driving, yeah. and she rolled in, and he kept looking at me like it. Um, yeah. And I just like, buddy, it's not my car. I'm I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not involved. I'm just i'm just with her yeah um and then at the end he called her what he he said uh my dear or my sweetie or he said one of those yeah. terms and i was like just kind of like did did he did he actually say that, say that aloud? she's like i think he did i was like oh my god so like i see it yes and um you know i try really hard to consciously not do anything that's mm-hmm. Demeaning, and I don't know if I do anything subconsciously.
1: Well, I think as long as you're aware of it, that's the first step, right? Yeah. So I, th- that's that's the first step. Yeah. As you're aware of it, and you and you try not to do it, and then it's up to you know other people to say, listen, I think that you know you said this, and it w- came across as this, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Um, it's a it's it's a messy time for that. It is. Um, yes. because a lot of people won't won't just. Be like, hey, listen. Uh, no, that's true. You probably shouldn't use this. You should. Use it. It's like, yeah. you come after you. Yeah. Right. Very it's defensive. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And I have this, you know, conversation with a lot of people, and it actually would seem, I mean, based on my conversations with other women, that like they actually kind of lean more to like, no, that's actually like, I I don't like when women do that. Right. But, you know, it's like. They've been fighting for so long and then you have me to come out and and you know um it's a turbulent time for all for all that and you know that women don't have that you know still have some of that dis- yep. discrimination where again he's talking to you're the project but yeah. he's looking at the guy yeah. for confirmation on it you know like that stuff's not okay but also like being abusive or, or harassing or this outrage type of so, especially on social media mm-hmm. but like that's not winning the argument either no um, yeah.
1: there's there's definitely a sort of a, a good way to go about those mm-hmm. situations um, I think I think some people are just you, you can't talk sense into them there was one guy i worked with at my summer job you know he was asking what i was doing and i told him i was in school for engineering and he laughed at me and told me i would never get a job and was 100 percent serious right but like and 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 i mean i could i could like you said you know go on the attack and and whatever and i was like it's it's not worth it for me to try to attack him because he's not going to change his view like something needs to happen for for that to yeah. To change what he thinks about that.
0: Yeah. In my view, it's like that type of person. The outrage and like the attacking is just gonna kind of reconfirm exactly their beliefs. Yeah. Uh, that whatever For the stereotype sure. is that women are you know quote unquote like crazy yeah. or yeah. irrational or emo- like too emotional like that type of stuff. Yeah. That they're just gonna be like oh see like you're just proving my point exactly that like you're that's my view of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I I, I can see the frustration mm-hmm.
1: like it's, yeah definitely there
0: that it's frustrating yeah, like it especially is. like i i don't know like if you date a lot or what dating's like but i'm sure like you know
1: it's, it's not great yeah
0: like <laughs> that's a pain in the ass too that like <laughs> yeah. and then like i don't know like i mean again i don't know how much you date or how much you want to get into it but like i know some guys which is weird that it's like intimidating for the the woman to be quote unquote more powerful or to have a more prestigious career path or yeah
1: i mean uh it's speaking it's award season for hollywood right now right so there's uh i think it's called like the the oscar curse or something so when a woman is married and they win an oscar typically you win an oscar and and you get bigger movies and and your time uh to to work on those movies is taken up uh the divorce rate of those women who have won an oscar and then become successful is very high. Is that
0: right, Abby? Yeah,
1: so I forget what study or, you know, where I read the stat, but uh, a lot of of the sort of um, best actress Oscar winners are divorced if they were married before, which is interesting, right? That's like crazy. Like, couldn't you just support that person? And and it does sort of change things because, yes, you become busier and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're more in demand and I, I get that, but yeah, it was, I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. It's, that is kind of bizarre yeah. yeah, because you're usually dating like actresses date actors, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're yeah. there's, there's not a lot of times it. you just like date like a regular person yeah. or, yeah. or someone lesser known, like the famous people always get together with other famous people, yeah. it seems. Um. So like, I don't know, like, again, if you don't want to get into it, that's fine. But like, do you find like if you're dating or talking to a guy like does you um, as Darcy or you as Darcy as the engineer does that like change so, how the conversation or the date or uh, the I don't know about relationship
1: cuz I'm I'm just I'm very busy and uh no time for you guys it, like well the the guys that I like I've talked to on like you know online or met in person they don't like that i don't have time for them which is understandable i get that but i had one guy who got mad at me because he was only in ottawa on wednesday and i wasn't free on wednesday and he got and and like started like texting me a lot and being like well why are we even talking if like you can't meet and i'm like you're in ottawa one day this week like how am i supposed to how am i supposed to see you right like i'm busy Um, and then, so not dating, but very similar is, uh, I'd gone to Cuba with my friend. Um, she's a nurse and, uh, we were just hanging out one night after some event that they had. And we were talking to these three guys and, um, two of them were, were great. And like, we were having a good conversation. And then their third friend came over. He was being really rude and obnoxious. And, uh, he had said, and I don't know where it came out of where it, why he even said this but he said something like uh so like what are you like a secretary and I was like what like why is that something that you said as like an insult right what what would that matter Mm -hmm. and then I said like no I'm an engineer and my friend is a nurse and immediately his like um how he acted towards us changed so he, he was more respectful because, you know, we're an engineer and a nurse, not just a secretary. Was and he, I was like, uh. Was he
0: like older? Was he. No, he was like our which, age. Yeah, that is a.
1: And was like, like oh my bro, gosh. Bro, have you not oh been my, on the internet? Like, I know. You can't do that. Yeah. And I was, anyways, I was very taken aback and obviously did not, I didn't like him before that, let alone after that. But uh, I wouldn't say and like. In my dating life i wouldn't really notice it but there have been some instances where like i'm out and about or traveling and um people people change when they hear that i'm an engineer
0: it's weird it is like why again you shouldn't be defined by what you do exactly like you're obviously intelligent like
1: you, you have, have passions, a, yeah. like,
0: you know, that's one aspect of yeah. Darcy. But all of a sudden, engineer, everyone's like, ooh.
1: ooh. And then they, you know, kind of perk up. And it's it's really weird to see because there have been, like I said, that guy from Cuba, a few instances where immediately, immediately they've changed how mm-hmm. they feel about me because they hear about what I do. And uh, I know it's, you know, a male-dominated field, but also typically when you think of an engineer, you think that they make a lot of money. And I mean, I, I hear that a lot, the the most common responses when I tell people I'm an engineer are, oh, you're smart. Or <laughs> <laughs> would you like, how do I, what do I say back to that? Yeah. Right. Like, uh, sure. And, uh, oh, you must make a lot of money. And and like both of those, I, I don't, I still don't know what to say. And I've been an engineer for four years.
0: Just be like, yeah, make it real.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's
0: cute, he could be like, you need a sugar mama or something. I don't yeah. know, but so. it's weird. And, you know. I
1: don't know. Yeah.
0: I, I don't. Yeah. I, don't I, I don't envy that position of you. Yeah. Um, I mean. It, I mean, Desi or Desi, dating is messy enough as it is. <laughs> whether true. what you do or. Yeah. You know, it's. Exactly. It's so crazy right now, and you know, women have to worry about so much, and yeah. you know, men kind of have to worry about other things, yeah. and like I just don't know where it's going. I think going back to this whole like. Like, we just all need to sit down and just chat. What's up? Yeah. How are you? Like, we're really losing this this human interaction where, you know, like, I don't understand why you have to have preconceived notions on somebody before just because of whatever, their sex, race, color, sexual preference. Why
1: can't you just look at them as a person and and not by, you know, what they do or what they look like or... Just like them as a genuine person.
0: Are uh, are you reading that book that Casey's reading? Uh which one? Oh, uh, she put on uh what is it? I no longer talking to Oh, white it's, people about it's race. part of our
1: it's part of our book club, so I will be reading it this month, but I haven't read I it. I read a
0: review. Yeah. Apparently that type of notion is racist.
1: Oh. Everyone just gets all up in arms about everything these days. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not gonna
0: get into it, but we had a big discussion at work. Yeah. Um That, uh, because when you see by ignoring race, so if I'm, because people are right, like the typical thing I see you as a human, Mm -hmm. um, that you're ignoring the fact of their past and the history and the systematic oppression.
1: So that, that is like a huge part of this, this people as a, as a, as a people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I agree about that, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I
0: know that's when I, I was read that. I was like. 'Cause when she saw when she posted it, she posted on Instagram, I was like, Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> well, let me go see what this is about. There's
1: uh Emma Watson who is, you know, you would think a very big feminist, right? Yeah. She she's talks about it, does interviews, she has a, a book club, um, and it's it's great. Like I'm a part of it as well. Um, but somebody had said that she was um I wanna say it's like a, a white feminist. Yeah, or, and you know what bad. I mean. That's yeah. Bad. So it's because she's she's not it's not just, like, white versus black. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if you're a man or a woman or, like, you know, uh, what type of woman. I, mm-hmm. I That sounds wrong. But, you know, like, there's, there's more to it than just, like, a man versus a, a woman.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, going to that, because, yeah, because white femininity is bad because yes. you still have privilege. Exactly. Um, yes. So they canceled a woman's march in California, like, the biggest one. Yeah. Um, because there wasn't enough... Um, Gender there wasn't enough inclusiveness oh, or representation okay, so they canceled it because uh like there's too many like white women right. in the march, right um and that was discriminating towards black, Asian, yeah. trans yeah. Yeah. so anyways, I'm not gonna get into that whole debate like but what I by doing this in my opinion, because i I really like to listen to people who are on the right. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to people who are theoretical mm-hmm. who are you know examining society whether they're psychologists sociologists I like to hear them and then I also follow people on the left like right. the, the the ones and they get they, they give me the most kick yeah. of what yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. because they fight themselves right right and I always considered myself left like I've never voted conservative in my life okay um you know I'm all for you know women's rights and I'm. Um, mm-hmm. LGBTQ, right? Like mm-hmm. all for it. Like have whatever you want. But I've been, I just I don't understand. So you know, instead of just everyone uniting and having women, like that's why I don't I don't subscribe to intersectionality. Yeah. Not that I don't believe in all their individual struggles as groups, but by doing that, like the. I listen to right wing people and they just laugh
1: right?
0: because they're just like, watch them. Like they're just going to fight themselves. <laughs> yeah, Like they don't have to do anything. So yeah. they're just like, we're just going to continue to build the wall over yeah. here. Yeah. Not to get too political into it. But <laughs> when I saw she posted that book, I was like,
1: oh, yeah. yeah, well, I haven't read it yet. Yeah. So we'll I look see. at this for
0: a, ver- through a very critical eye because yeah. I do want to understand, you know, I, I have, you know, in- indigenous people in my family. So I want to understand what's going on. Yeah. You know, and and those communities and those hardships. So I want to understand what everyone's going through, but I can't take it seriously when you just keep breaking everything down into to groups and the the some people call it the oppression Olympics. Okay. Right. So the, there's the hierarchy. So straight white right. man, you're yeah. bad. Straight white woman, you're second bad. And then you go yeah. down to yeah. who's worse off as you as you go down. Who has right. it worse? Right. Like, who has it the worst? And it's like, no, I have it the worst because of this. No, I have it. and you're just arguing about who has it worse. Right. Okay, so how are we putting policy forward? How are we
1: making it better?
0: How are we making it better? Yeah. Because really you want to fight the people who are actually racist, mm-hmm. not the white female who is like, Yeah, everyone should have rights and you're like, No, you're white, <laughs> bad. And it's like you know, yeah. and I, I even talked to so I mean, if you turn your head, there's, you know, a person who you know colored um so i i asked i'm like dude like like what's going on from your perspective and he's like nah man like it's crazy yeah (laughs) it's crazy right (laughs) now and it's just (laughs) i don't know where it's going but uh it's it's a crazy world and i'm trying to keep up and i just i see more and more nonsense yeah
1: i think we're just we're at the tipping point right that's what
0: some people say yeah the pendulum like we're you know the slavery was over here and now we're over this, but one of the people brought a really good point that it was once, you know, right wing Christian, you know, people who were trying mm-hmm. to silence free speech mm-hmm. and, and arts and music, right? Like it was the seventies and eighties where, you know, moms against metal music and all that, like they were the ones stifling free speech. Right. And now it's totally on the the, the other yeah. end. Yeah. And we're it's just in
1: this, we're, we're like a cyclic race. Yeah. And, and now like just keep coming back or, you know, there's still something to fight. So if we get through this, there's going to be something else. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm just like, there's actually like, you know, like I talked about it last episode with Dana. I was like, you know, there's like a huge crisis in Yemen right now. Humanitarian like crisis with like, you know, famine and I believe there's genocide. And, you know, I was talking about like, uh, like rape in India and how that's a huge thing. I'm like, there are some real things going on here, but we're all fighting each other on, kind of trivial things. I mean, it's, there's a lot of it's very important, but there's also a lot of things that are just like semantics and we're just arguing over nothing. And like, let's actually get to real issues yeah. and solving it. Yeah. Um, my uncle who works in immigration, he's in Senegal right now. Um, who he, he interviews refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, basically his like point of view down there, he's like, Oh man, like there's like super racist towards me and my family and, All this stuff and uh I'm just like you gotta take these people who are making all these arguments and put them in another part of the world. Yeah. To understand how everything kind of works. That's true. Because you hear it like we
1: only see and hear sort of the small part of things that are going on in our part of the world. Yeah, exactly. So many other things that are going on in in places we don't even hear about. Right. That like we have no context for and and can't put ourselves in that situation unless you're there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's so many things that changes those perspectives of of people who are in that position. But Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to put yourself in that position.
0: Yeah. I when you don't see it. And um, I mean, a majority of the arguments come from America and we know Americans don't tend to travel. Yeah. To see a global perspective. I
1: remember. uh, uh, I don't know. I think it was like a friend of a friend or something who said that they'd gone to a third world country and uh, said that they're, they're never going back because they don't want to see how they live. They just want to turn a blind eye to the fact that people live in poverty. And I was like, um, that's not really a great way to live. You can't just ignore that yeah. there's bad things going on in the world, right? <laughs> or like that people live differently than you. And first of all, you don't even... You don't have to go to a different country to see mm-hmm. people living in poverty. You see it here. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, I, I was flabbergasted when I heard that. To me,
0: that's the definition of privilege. Yeah, for sure. Right? That like, that they
1: can just turn a blind eye. I and... can close
0: my blind exactly. in my window and yeah. just follow the Instagram person exactly. and yeah. everything's great. Yeah, um, yeah that's good. The, the The thing that I really wanted to make a point of this, I'm coming sure. on, because I think it's truly inspiring. And when you sent me that message... Okay. Um I thought it was really great and I yeah. think it can make a difference for a lot of people okay. because what you said is you I mean I'll let you tell the story and paint the picture.
1: Sure.
0: But that you started out with almost nothing. Yes. And like like this is truly all from like I mean maybe a little bit of luck but like truly <laughs> like hard work.
1: Yeah, so uh I I grew up poor in a small town. Uh like I was the that person that people made fun of because my clothes were hand-me-downs and I had to shop at Goodwill and, uh, you know, kids as bullies, that's the thing that they pick on. Right. Um, so yeah. And, and I mean, I think my mom had a lot to do with where I am with right now. Cause she was, you know, she pushed us to do things. She pushed us to do well in school and to follow our passion. So yes, it's great for me that my passion is math and science which typically you do very well in society Mm -hmm. if that's what you can do well at Um, but she yeah she's very supportive of everything that we did Um, so yeah I grew up um, definitely below the poverty line and uh, got into Queens so um, I had I couldn't get through without my scholarships Um, I had a a couple and, and bursaries which you don't you don't have to pay back scholarships, you don't pay back and grants and then OSAP. So, and then I worked sort of minimum wage jobs in the mm-hmm. summer um, and just did my best to get by. And, and yeah, for sure, like hard work and and intelligence definitely mm-hmm. helped me get through university to get a job and to be where I am now. And I would say the, the lucky part is that Google told me I should be an engineer <laughs> and uh, that seemed to work out for me. But, uh, yeah, and it's it's definitely, like, you know, part of my past and, mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, that's part of me. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah.
0: If there was, you know, say a uh, 14-year-old girl, mm-hmm. um, you know, grade 9, I guess that would be right now. And she's like, I want to, you know, similar situation, small town, you know, poor. But she's like, I want to, like, you know, become successful. Mm-hmm and you had a chance to give her some advice Like, do you know what that would be
1: i would say uh you have to follow your passions because you're not going to do as well in something that you're not passionate about and you're not going to excel in it if you're not passionate i have a, a friend of mine from back home who uh you know was into the arts and uh, photography and i think typically you think of that as like a harder job to to go towards um uh And she's, like, a very successful photographer and and wedding photographer, and she does really well. Um, So I think that's something that that follow your passions, whether it's art or math or Mm -hmm. science, and then um, practice. You know, for me, it was, you know, doing, solving math problems and physics problems at school Um, for somebody who's in the arts. Practice your painting or your photography and and Mm -hmm. hone those skills, um, because, you're not going to excel at something that you you don't care about. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, be relentless in that passion. That's what I I believe in personally, and what I try to tell young people when I'm talking to them as well, it's like, Maybe you might not know it as early as say, you know, I did or you did. Mm-hmm. It might take a little while. It might be twenty six and yeah. twenty-seven, like yeah. thirty. Some people may never find it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But like if you find that, like be relentless in that exactly. passion. Like
1: exactly. Follow it, do what you need to do. And work hard at it. To work hard. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um quickly, because I know I know you have a, a tight deadline.
1: Yes.
0: You mentioned earlier that you you have a travel blog. Yes. I'm just I mean, it, it's not—it's not mean for me to say that. I mean, our generation loves traveling, so I'm yes. not going to ask you why you love traveling. <laughs> people love traveling. Yes. But what experiences has traveling really brought to you know your job? Um, that you lessons that like you learned that so that that were big for you.
1: I uh, I've been on a couple solo trips, so like gone to myself by myself. Um, the first one I did, I went to. Uh, London Dublin and Belfast which Um, is crazy
0: because some people won't even like go to eat out or go to a movie yeah
1: so I think that was that was a big thing too is so my birthday is St. Patrick's Day so I went to Dublin for my birthday a couple years ago yeah Um, and I would say that was hard because most people go to festivals like that with friends Mm -hmm. Um, so it definitely pushed me to talk to people that may not have approached mm-hmm. normally right so bringing that back here it's definitely helped me in my social life where i can strike up a conversation with someone whereas like before having those experiences i probably wouldn't have
0: Which people find strange now don't you find it's yeah, funny yeah yeah
1: and uh <laughs> people tell me i'm like an outgoing person and i'm i'm definitely not but i think i just those experiences traveling yeah. have, have helped and to be able to to talk about like traveling which most people seem interested in yeah. and want to hear about at least like you know at least a couple minutes before they want to talk about something else um but yeah and then uh so that's definitely something and and being able to do my things by myself so like i've i've gone to the movies by myself i you know had time and i i didn't even ask anybody i was like yeah i'll go to the movies mm-hmm. or go out to lunch I don't like going out to dinner by myself um, it's definitely more intimidating to do dinner than like lunch but in tra- when you're traveling like you gotta eat right mm-hmm. so if I'm hungry I'm definitely gonna stop in at like a, a pub and have some food or a restaurant mm-hmm. or any time of the day um, so that's been really good and um, another thing that's well it's helped me to travel as much as I have is budgeting uh, I, I it's like my second passion I love it I love <laughs> Trying to save money and, and seeing where I can save money to do things and have experiences, right? So um, to be able to, I save like a monthly amount and, and that allows me to be able to say yes when someone asks me to travel because I've already thought about saving that money even though I I, I don't have a plan for it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's, that's another thing that, and it's more the budgeting helped me travel, which has helped me in other aspects of my life, Mm -hmm. um, which has been really nice. Um, But uh, yeah, and then just sort of seeing how other people live. Um, So like I went to Iceland with my friend Casey, who was on, on here a couple episodes ago. And uh, they, I think it was in the nineties, like 90 plus percent of their energy is renewable. Mm. Which is huge, right? And like the like whole, that. yeah, like the whole country. Um, and there was some some uh, advertisement because they were putting up like those huge like hydro transmission tower poles. Um, but uh, yeah, like they're they're huge. So it was interesting to see like how other people can make these things work. Or um, even uh, I went to I think it was the uh, Prague and like the Czech Republic. And I did one of the walking tours, so he he said, uh, if you walk into a restaurant in the Czech and you're greeted friendly, you know, big smile, trying, you know, welcoming, leave. Because, and he said this, the, the Czech are not friendly. You walk in, you sit down, you might have to wait in half an hour for a waiter or a waitress to come and talk to you, but that's their culture. It's not rude for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus here, if you don't have your water within five minutes of sitting down, you're like ready to leave. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And same with like things like tipping. We just, we just don't even think about it here because you have to like you, you have to, when you go to a restaurant, but other places you don't have to, or it, or it's rude if you do. Um, so I didn't know it was rude, but yeah. I got burnt on
0: the not knowing. So yep. I was just tipping everybody, and then they'd bring me chocolates and yep. candies, and they exactly. were super happy. Yeah, yeah. And like, the, well, I mean, well, I think yeah. most
1: people appreciate it. Um, and like, but most places that I have traveled don't even have an option for tipping. Versus here, like you go anywhere, and it's like, what percentage tip do you? want You're an awful add? person if you don't tip. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Or like, what have, what has the person done wrong that yeah. you didn't tip, right? Um, yeah and then yeah I would say the biggest thing is like social so um, being in a hostel by myself like how do you make friends it, talk to people mm-hmm. say hello and initiate a conversation and and typically the other, if the other person's alone they're they want someone to initiate a conversation yeah. right because they're alone and, and don't know how to start it up And
0: well especially today like no one does that no. that's what I mean by it's strange like if you were yeah. like hey how are you today people would be like yeah why are you talking to me?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, why are you smiling at me? Yeah, walk away. Are you crazy? Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I I would say that's that's definitely helped uh, helped me in my social life.
0: Um, finally, would you? I mean, to a lot of people, that's scary. Uh, traveling alone, yes. going somewhere alone. Yes. You know, safety is one, especially as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Europe gets a sex trafficking, human yes. trafficking type thing vibe as well. Yes. Would you recommend it to people? Did you like
1: I do. I I
0: even like people who although, might be introverted or
1: I I think it's better for people who are introverted um because you can just go and experience things the way that you want to experience it, right? Um I've traveled with friends and I've traveled by myself. Um, And I I wouldn't say I prefer one over the other, but they're definitely different experiences. When you're with friends, you don't have to make an effort to talk to people, Mm -hmm. right? So you could stay in the group that you went with and not have to talk to other people. Versus when you're alone, to have that conversation, you need to to talk to people. and, And then you get to know their experiences. So like I was in... Uh, Prague, and met a girl from spain and a girl from um england and we ended up going for a drink and hanging out after and and you know talking about our experiences as female solo travelers mm. and and what they encountered when you know they've traveled and what th- what has happened and so i i definitely recommend it um it might be I think it might be harder for someone who's an extrovert unless you're going to things where like they have the walking tours and uh, beer tours and pub crawls and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff as a way to meet people. Um but uh I I love it. I'm all for it. I I think you get to experience the world the way that you want to and uh must
0: really change you as a person to like to be able to have realized that you just did that the confidence the really finding yourself because you're in a city you don't know anybody i i have to figure it out
1: i it didn't when i was traveling it didn't change my opinion of myself but it was interesting the conversations that i had with people who found out i was by myself so like i did uh if if you ever go to belfast i 100 percent recommend the uh i think it's the patty campbell's black black taxi tour um so i went and you drive around with a taxi driver for a couple hours one to two and uh, they give you a history of Belfast in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and uh, he was so taken aback that I was traveling by myself and at that time I was mid-20s and uh, he thought I was 18 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was very surprised he thought I would just graduated high school um, but uh, yeah he was you know he asked me if I was worried about my safety um, or how I felt being by myself and and I I didn't really have any issues with it and i think the biggest thing especially as a female solar traveler is just being aware of your surroundings um and and being mindful of where you are mm-hmm. um so far my experiences have been like um london you know that's pre- pretty english culture mm-hmm. um and and i haven't had too many bad experiences w- walking in the street i went uh, in Be- budapest and i went around with my camera at, like between 7 and 10 p.m. on like a Thursday night and like I had no issues hmm. never felt unsafe um walking by myself through this foreign city and if something happened I you know had my phone and, and could be prepared but I would just say be mindful and hmm. aware yeah oh
0: perfect um well listen because I know you got to go yeah um, thank you for coming on absolutely Thanks um, for having me. I, I truly think that uh you know That story of you starting with nothing and and moving to a position now and, Mm. you know, being under 30 and, you know, being a partner and and an engineer thing. I think that's huge. and I think a lot of people can draw from that, whether you're female or male, whatever. But like just that things are possible, like no matter. It's a lot harder, I'm sure. Hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your Um, head up. And yeah. So. Where can people follow you, find you, especially that blog, and uh, so they can hit it up?
1: Yeah, so my blog is called uh, Passportunities. So uh, it's a combination of the words passport and opportunities. Um, so I'm on Instagram, and, and I have a, a WordPress blog, um, passportunities.ca, and I just write about my travels and the planning side of things, um, a little bit about photography and fitness. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm on yeah Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All the, all, all the social as media as past opportunities yes
0: perfect yeah. well darcy i appreciate it safe travels perfect. and uh thank you we'll talk to everyone soon bye you take the red pill you stay in wonderland and i show you how deep the rabbit